So welcome everybody to yet another live interview. This time I have the pleasure to have Jeremy Rock on and checking him out a little bit on his Facebook page and we do a lot of similarities and that's always a very cool and I mean what kind of stuff man it's oh yeah we we're parents we're fathers we're entrepreneurs we have a passion for martial arts a different one each one but still martial arts is martial arts and teaches us uh, great things which we're going to talk about etc etc so i want to start off with one question because i saw your text and i loved it and it made me giggle a little bit and i thought i want to ask okay how does one rock their wife <laughs> well first thing is you have to like know your wife so mm. You have this thing, right? So guys, you should be building a list of stuff that she mentions, talks about, is concerned with. Um, you should have a list of stuff that you just kind of keep and add to as you go along. Women naturally are feminine people. They naturally build that list in their brain. Masculine, we gotta write this stuff down and we forget. So like, uh, if we go to Chipotle, I have how she prefers her Chipotle. If we go to Panera, I have what she enjoys at Panera. You know, whatever her favorite restaurants are or places we go on a regular basis, I have a list of stuff that I can just do a quick check. And then when I show up with whatever, she goes and sits down, I've already ordered the food for her. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, cause he's actually listening and he's paying attention. So like um, we had a little bit of adventure this morning because um, no one's done the workout clothes and washed them yet. We had to go work out this morning. So she's like, I've been dropping hints for three days. And it's like, oh yeah. Because when, when feminine mentions a thing, like, oh, I need, um, I need workout clothes. All right, cool. You should do something about that. Right, and that's when, when masculine's in that triangle and you said you need clothes, great, you know how to fix that, not would you do it for me, would you do the laundry. None of that was brought to the conversation, so the masculine brain doesn't make that jump. Well, she said this thing that actually means. So when feminine notices or observes something, that is an indirect invitation for masculine to step in, be the hero, take, it, you know, take opportunity, take initiative. Mm -hmm. So... Um, Real quick story is we, we had planned when we, were, when we got married, we met, we met in June, we got married in December. So literally six months and we actually planned our wedding in five days. Well, we were going to do this big thing in April and we were going to have this big stuff and we want to do like a mashed, mashed potato martini bar. We're going to have elephants. We're going to do like jugglers and flamethrowers and all kinds of crazy awesome. It's going to be like 40, 50 grand. I got to create that money. Uh, what are we going to do? So she's like on me about the guest list. And this is like, I think the third time she asked me about the guest list It's December 20th. And I'm like, babe, you know, I'll get it to you. You asked me a couple of days ago. And she's like, it was three weeks. I'm like, what? Cause I don't process time the same way. And so for me, short time, maybe like actually weeks or months for other people internally, it's just a different way of relating. And so she was like, you know, we should just elope. And I realized that's the third time in the last two months she's mentioned something about eloping. And then I was like, you know, we should just elope. Why don't we do that? And she like lit up immediately was like, what? Are you serious? Do you mean it? And I was like, yeah, I just want to get married to you. I don't need this big, huge thing. I just want you in my life. And I want, I want this to be the relationship I've never had with anyone else before. And so she lit up immediately. And then in the space of it was like, Friday, we're like, let's go to Vegas. We'll elope there. Oh wait, holidays, tickets, <laughs> everything's expensive towards Christmas and New Year's in Vegas. So we went, okay, that's not going to work. <sighs> then within the next basically two days, we had planned out where we were going to have it. One of my kung fu brothers, uh, we got a, an officiant to come do the thing. Um, so we we just knocked it out, and so Friday we decided we're going to do it. And then five days it was planned, and then. Seven, you know, on the, on the 27th, we got married. It was just like, pop, 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 done. Let's go. And so that kind of stuff, being decisive, paying attention, taking action on things that she's observing, it, it makes your woman feel heard, acknowledged, appreciated, important. It lights her up, right? So what are you doing today to light your woman up? And it doesn't have to be this great, big, huge, ostentatious thing. It could be... You know, she's complaining about her feet. And so you guys are sitting down at the end of the day, you're decompressing, you're watching TV, and you just reach over and grab one of her feet, put it on your lap, and you start massaging her foot. 
and it's just like, oh my gosh, that feels so nice. Thank you. And you just see, you just feel her body relax. That's like, dude, scoring points. <laughs> points. Points expire at midnight, but I still scored points today. And that's the point. <laughs> so yeah, it's one of my favorite games is how can I make her happy or how can I light her up today? That's like, that was a good day. I got, I got this point. I did this thing. Sweet. Mm. So nice, that man. gives you a good perspective. Oh yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm uh, okay, see, I'm smiling. You know, I'm, I'm trying, I'm, 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 as I am doing a lot of live interviews, I am evolving as an interviewee. And I always try to have like, you know, the first question to like, boom. And in this case, I asked the right question because it's not just about, you know, you being able to answer, but it, I have to ask the right question because if I ask silly questions, then I'm going to get some answers. And in right. this case, you answer it perfectly. And that's a great way to start. So I appreciate that. Um, so, so let's dive into who's Jeremy Rock Rock. Tell us all about you. And I am always especially interested in also how many kids you have and, and et cetera, et cetera. Okay, well, uh, um, biologically, I have one, which is Evie, my daughter. I have a stepson, Jamie, who we get part-time, unfortunately, because mm. um, he's amazing, and I'd love to have him here more. And then in my martial arts school, currently I have about 65 kids. Um, in my life, I've worked with probably a couple thousand kids. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of a bit of father figure to a, a large group of people. And really what I am is I am who I needed when I was six years old. And I switched gears from being a little kid to being a teenager and nobody realized it. And mm -hmm. so because I said so quit working, positional authority, be a good boy, that stuff meant nothing to me. Um, you're not going to kill me. So shut up unless you have what I want. And then how do I get it from you in the safest way for me? Mm. And it, it made me very manipulative. I was a very good mimic, very good at observing what everyone else is doing and then changing to be whatever I had to be in that moment. And, and really that came from, um, I repressed it for about 20 years, but I was abused uh, in Saudi Arabia. And then again, here in the United States, one by a security guard adult in Saudi. And then um, here in the US, it was a couple of kids up the street. and. Mm. So about for 20 years, that information was kind of suppressed for me. I'd get little flashes, but it made me very suspicious. I can't rely on anyone for my safety. Didn't trust anyone. Um, everything was life and death. And if you ever played tic-tac-toe with a seven-year-old who unconsciously thinks he's going to die if he loses, that's a little bit of intensity compared to everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so I learned that I have to back off and I have to stay and I have to hold and I have to put distance and I had to figure out the lay of the land. So I became a lot like a cat, right? A cat will not do something unless they feel that there is safety and they have an out. Mm -hmm. And so that's a horrible place for a kid to be because it, it makes it very difficult for my parents because they never get me. They're always getting these layers in these games. And so, you know, thankfully I had parents that gave me unconditional love and they gave me room to be a jerk because I was. And it's just, it took a while for me to kind of figure myself out and figure out... Why am I in this place? Why am I always angry? Why am I always struggling? And, and so, you know, I was in the gifted math, gifted reading, got kicked out because I was a smart kid, but I hated busy work and I hated because we said so or because you have to. If that's all you had, that wasn't a good enough answer for me. I need more. I got to have something to sink my teeth into. And so I had a really hard time in school. In fact, I almost didn't graduate my senior year. I needed one English credit to graduate my senior year. That's all I needed. I had everything else in my junior year, except I got mono halfway through my junior year. So I was out for uh, almost two months. So the only, the only class I needed was English, but um, I don't like writing the deadline, and I don't like writing about what I don't like writing about. So it's newspaper, the easiest class you could possibly take in high school, and I've got an F going into the fifth grading period. So if I have an F at the end of the year, I get to repeat my high school for a fifth year for one stupid class. So not a great way to grow up, not a great energy to have. And so you know, I begged the teacher, I was able to do a special project to pull it up to a D, and I graduated by the skin of my teeth. Uh, my parents offered to buy me a car if I made honor roll. So I had five A's, one F. <laughs> and honor roll is all A's or A's and B's. You could have one C because the A will bring the C up to a B mm -hmm. average. No D's, no F's. 
The F was newspaper. Everything else was A's. So it wasn't that I didn't have the capacity, but it was just trying to get the motivation, trying to reach where I'm at, and then allowing people to actually reach me. Mm-hmm. Having a, a belief that I was worth reaching because I had a lot of negative self-image. Mm-hmm. And so when I started martial arts, that was actually the turning point was um, early in my training. I started in March, and by May, we had a special workshop. The, the Grandmaster, Grandmaster Moyot, came uh, here to Dayton, my Sifu, <clears throat> Grandmaster Ming. We were having social time in the pool hall, and he heard me say something to myself about myself out loud that was negative, it was destructive. Mm-hmm. I stopped what he was doing, and he looked up at me, and he said, don't talk to yourself like that. And then he went back to doing what he was doing. And the way he said it, who he was, how I represented him in my life at the time, it clicked in a way that I know my parents had said similar things. It didn't click the way that it did for him because his timing would get better uncle. And so he clicked it and I started to pay attention to how I was talking to myself inside my head. And I was working in the sandpaper factory at the time and it gave me a lot of time to think and a lot of time to dig into you know, how do I talk to myself? What is going on? And I realized I'm a jerk to me. How can I help anybody else if I'm always destroying myself? I'm always tearing myself down. And so I began to start changing that internal dialogue, that internal conversation. And I changed what I threw out. It changed what came back. I don't have to be in scarcity. I don't have to be in fear. I don't have to be in all these places because the world actually isn't that scary. It was just me constantly putting up walls and putting up layers. So, you know, in my Kung Fu family's point of view, I matured a lot in the first five or six years of training. And it was simply because I just stepped more fully into who and what I really was instead of being defensive, trying to intellectually dominate people because I'm insecure, trying to show my value um, because it's the only way I could, I had to justify my existence, which is not a great way to be. And so once I became aware of the abuse in my mid twenties, Uh, then it took me about another 10 years to kind of work through it all. And along the way, I picked up uh, certifications in neurolinguistic programming, hypnotherapy, neurostrategies. I went through, Tony Robbins has um, a series of workshops. I went through uh, all of those. And Day with Destiny was probably the most powerful because it let me dig into those memories of what was my first memory. And it actually turns out it was the abuse. Well, what was before that? And I could recall some processes that he did there um, I was able to go back to the moment before the abuse into who and what I really was when I was five. Mm. And then that now being my earliest memory is, is a very powerful frame of reference because it's a much more powerful place than having my first memory be, you know, snapping back to reality and being abused. It's like, oh, hey, I got to step before that now. And it changes how you see life and how you see yourself going forward. Mm. So that's kind of who I am and, and where I am, I guess. Nice. Nice. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate your openness and honesty. It's always nice to uh, know that we're not all perfect, right? Oh, God, no. No, I I will never claim. I never say I'm smart. I know some stuff. I'll never say I'm right. I will say you're right, but I'll I'll, I'll say I'm wrong, but I won't say I'm right. Um, I suspect I'm right, but I don't know, so I don't say. That way I never have to apologize. If I never say I'm right, I don't have to say, oh, I was wrong. Be like, I never said I was right. So, um, but it's, it's, I've become, like I said, who I needed when I was six. And so when I work with my students, I can pick up on patterns and I can pick up on crashes and sense of self-worth, evasion, communication. How do we step into a situation? And I can switch from, with little kids, you can say, because I said so. With Mm -hmm. teenagers, you got to have more. And with adults, you got to have more. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to kind of identify just in a quick conversation where someone's at and how do I relate to them which then helps them to move forward because I treat them how they need to be treated, which is the platinum rule versus treating them how I want to be treated, which is the golden rule. Right? So I want to, what do you need to be able to move forward and to have more choice, more opportunity, more freedom? Let me give you those things. Let me help you find those things. Cause actually I don't have to give them to you. You already have them. You just don't realize it. So let me remove the filters and then you can see for yourself and then you can make your decision. Cause it's all ultimately it's about giving you choice cause it's your life. That's your consequences, not my life. Exactly, exactly. So since, since we're on the subject, and that was one of my, going to be one of my questions, and I've noticed that one of the greatest lessons you got from, maybe not lessons, but what helped you with, uh, through martial arts was, you know, getting over your negative self-image, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
what have been some of the other lessons that you have taken from martial arts that now help you um, as a father? Okay, well, are you familiar with um, Spiral Dynamics? No. Okay, so Spiral Dynamics was developed by a guy named Claire Graves, mm. and it was actually used to kind of help South Africa. Nelson, Nelson Mandela used this concept to kind of help shift the, the process and the thinking of what people were going on. And basically, the idea of Spiral Dynamics is human beings create different levels of thinking systems as we mature. And you begin mm. down here at the first level, beige, which is, oh, by the way, that's, that's Merlin, my blind cat. He just wants to see what you guys are doing. He's like, hey, how are you guys doing? So he always, whenever I'm filming, he always comes up and he's like, what are you guys doing? I want to see. I'm like, dude, you're blind. He's like, but I want to see. So um, the first level is called beige, and that is pure survival. You only have enough energy to take care of your basic needs, food, sleep, procreation, and that's about it. And a baby... When they're when they're first born they are at that beige thinking system they have no knowledge of what's going on they'll yank their hair and then they'll scream because something yanked their hair and then they'll yank their hair again there's no conscious awareness right mm -hmm. but as they start to mature they pop over to this next level the pendulum kind of swings over and it comes up a little bit to what's called purple and, and purple is a level two thinking system and that is being a member of a tribe it's also the level of ritualistic magic um self-sacrifice i have to give up myself for the needs of the group and so you'll start to see little kids begin to start forming that that tribal knowledge that tribal awareness mm -hmm. but eventually you get tired of being a member of the tribe and self-sacrificing so then you go over and you go up a little bit to red called the power god and this is the three-year-old yelling no no and they're stomping their feet and they're they're asserting nietzsche would call it the will to power uh freud would call it your id but it's the idea that this is your personal sense of, it's where all your creative, creative energy comes from, but it's also the ability to hurt, it's the ability to damage, it's the ability about me first and the heck with everybody else. The problem with that, if you live there too long, is the world's been around a whole lot longer, it's a whole lot bigger, mm -hmm. and you'll get smashed. And so you shift gears over the pendulum rises and you go over to blue, and blue is about following the rules and what's the truth. And, you know, the Catholic Church is an example of the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts, the U.S. military. You know, your will is less important than. But we have the ability to use violence. Down here at the tribal level, it's self-sacrificing. We don't know how to fight for ourselves or assert ourselves in the same way that a blue does because we're missing that red energy. So mm. you're jumping across. But eventually you get to the point, the truth, the system, it is inhumane. I'd love to help you, but I can't. The rules won't let me. It's not my fault. And you get to the point where, yeah, that's important, but couldn't we just bend the rule a little bit? I know it's important, but could we just, it doesn't quite apply here a little bit. And that's the orange striver achiever. That's the person who's going to take that red energy, but we're going to add rules to it and understand the rules. I'm not going to break them. I'm not going to burn them all down. I'm just going to bend them. Or they apply here, but maybe not quite all the way. And so that's that orange striver achiever. And eventually you have all the money you could want. You have multiple houses and you're still not satisfied with your life. You still feel unfulfilled existentially. You're going to slide back over and go up a little bit to the green, which is about giving, just give it all away, man. And just everybody has just, everyone has the same stuff. Everyone would be cool, man. It'd be awesome. Problem is with the green, they give everything away. They're broke where they got to go. Oh, back over here to go make money but I want to give, I don't want to make money, but I have to go back over here. And they're in this existential battle between being a giver and being a creator. And eventually you integrate the two and you shift into a whole new level, which is now what's called the striver achiever is the, uh, is the systemic thinker. You can understand all the previous levels, the benefits, the challenges and have contingencies simultaneously. And so that's a, it's a, it's a level one, but integrating all the previous levels. So it's a, a level higher, a whole, type of thinking removed it's like a quantum shift and then the next level up is you go to what's called wholeness or turquoise level eight is where you integrate kind of everything and you don't have to go anywhere because it's already there the journey begins with the first step you've already arrived at the destination just allow the universe to unfold and it's being in the in the presence of somebody at that turquoise level they kind of change your sense of the world just by being themselves which is awesome but if you can't feed your family, you don't care. You're back down here somewhere. You got to take care of your family, right? So these different levels of thinking, 
which I was introduced to through the Tony Robbins stuff, it exactly maps to how we build somebody to have fighting skill and to be actually capable of flowing in the moment. Because if you're going to fight, you're going to spar. You can't be worried too much about that other person keeping them safe and sacrificing yourself because you're going to get beat. But if you're totally over here and angry and I'm just going to drive this, I'm going to force this, you're going to make stupid mistakes and be easy to manipulate. But if you get stuck and locked in the system, you're going to have gaps. You're going to think slow because you have to keep cross-referencing back to what the standard of the system tells you. Well, my teacher taught me this. I have to do this. But if you come over here to the creator and you're flexing and flowing with the rules, that's great. But you're going to have gaps because you can only process so much stuff. And you haven't learned how to create openings because the best way to hit someone is to create an opening for them to come and hit you so you can beat them to the punch because you gave them an offer they can't refuse, which is good in business and it's good in dating and it's good with your kids. So you've got to be able to think on multiple levels simultaneously. So we want to get to that level seven, that yellow energy. Fighting will actually grow that way. And you can watch martial art organizations, martial art people. They're stuck to the group, and it's all about, well, I can't do that, but my sequel can, my instructor can, my classmate can. I suck, but they're amazing, and they're that purple energy. Right? You get to the red, and they're just all about themselves, and every time you train with them, you end up injured. They don't care about anybody. They're just going to get their thing, and it's like no one wants to train with them. You go to the guy that's the system person, and they're going to lecture you to the nth degree about all the rules and the history and why it never trains, but knows, all, knows everything about everything. And we'll tell you about it all the time. The oranges are fun because they're actually doing the thing and they're creating and they know how to flow and play, but they're still struggling because they they haven't fully understood about, well, if I feed you, if I give to you, it's going to actually build my skill. If I make everybody in the school want to train with me, we're going to get a lot of benefit, right? So I actually had a young lady who, when she tested for her black belt, there was some interpersonal stuff going on in the school. And I said, look, you did great on the physical test. There's some attitude stuff you gotta fix. So you're gonna be what's called a conditional black belt, not certified, until you fix that. I want people to be excited you're in the school and excited that you're there because you're helpful and they wanna work with you because it's who you are, rather than you're over here making it all about yourself and making sure you look good first. And so she wanted to quit for like the first two weeks because she was mad at me. Um, but then she said no, and I said, you know, if that's the last lesson I teach you, that's fine. I did my job. By the way, I'm right. You did deserve the, the conditional black belt because that attitude. So she swallowed that pill. It took her seven months, but she changed the conversation in class with her classmates at, um, she was either 11 or 14. I think she was 11 or 12 when, when we did this. Um, but it took seven months to change it. And then she went to conditional, or went to certified black belt because she made those, those shifts internally to say, it's not about me being right. It's about us winning versus me winning. Mm. She made that change. And so that's where the process of learning to fight and, and the process of martial arts, we're learning about how to integrate the different sides, the different types of thinking. And we actually elevate the person, which is why martial arts was there in the first place. You know, soldiers tend to be more focused, more disciplined, more self-sacrificing. They can put up with more hardship without complaining. That's just useful for everybody. And as a dad, you got to know how to take a punch, whether that's a, a literal punch because your kids are insane, or it's a metaphorical punch because they're upset or they're hurt and they blame you and it wasn't your thing. But if you go into defensive and you start to justify yourself, you risk dropping into your power god. You risk dropping into the self-sacrifice so, or getting too high bound into the rules. And this is just how it is. Shut up and do it because I'm right. So as a dad, we gotta have that same ability to fight. You gotta flow, you gotta create openings, you gotta create opportunities, you gotta capitalize on stuff. Your kid did something amazing, amp so much energy into that. Be like, oh my gosh, that was so cool. I'm so proud of you. And because you did this, I know you can do that. And they're like, wait, what? Versus go to your blue or your red and you're yelling at them because they're not doing what you want, when you want, the way you want. You didn't pick up your socks. Dude, they're two. It's okay. Make a game out of it, make it fun. Make sense? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I was expecting more like, you know, oh, I learned discipline and, and uh, focus. I wasn't expecting anything. <laughs> amazing answer. So I really appreciate that. Um, well, I mean, there is the discipline and the focus and the confidence and being, mm -hmm. being an example of the thing. You know, I mean, those are all good lessons too. But yeah, I, I, I'm up here in the seven 
so it's like I see the multiple levels. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but those the discipline, the confidence, the focus. Um, the biggest thing I learned through the martial arts was really the ability to relax because so much of my life, I always sat with my back against the wall. I was always in this scarcity place, learning to go to a place of abundance. Look, if I feed everyone around me and help everybody else to be warm, big, and happy, who wants to beat me up? Nobody. And if someone tries, how many people are watching my back? Oh, let's play that game. Let's play win-win. Let me build you up first because that's all I can control. I can't control if you build me up, but I can control if I build you up. So let me set in that first. And then the right people will feed back and create a virtuous cycle. That's the same thing in the, in the martial arts school. The best people to play with are the ones that look out, look out for each other and look after each other and build each other up. Then we both win from the conversation. You know, those are the people that are going to have the most partners, the most people want to work with them, that kind of stuff. And so how can we create that? If I help you win, then I raise everybody else's skill. I got more people to help me raise my skill. Versus mm-hmm. I keep myself here and everyone else is down there and ha, ha, ha I can beat the crap out of you, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, screw you. Really. Yeah. Have my share of those. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun being a punching bag. Uh, no, not at all. Uh, I had that my, uh, I think it was my second training when I was still living in the Netherlands. Uh, we started sparring and in the Netherlands, I don't know if you've seen it, but kickboxing, they spar very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, then he knocked me out in like the first 10 seconds. So yeah. I took off my gloves, took off my shin guards and said, dude, look, man, trainer, here you go. I'm going to find something else. This is not for me. Mm-hmm. So that's a pity. But yeah, that, that's what makes it so important to have trainers like you that understand that it's yeah. not just about the physical aspect, but it's about the whole complete circle. Yeah, yeah. Well, from, from his point of view, though, he's doing it's – a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tactic called kill the ego is if I'm going to train someone to be a fighter, I have to know how they react to getting hit really effing hard. So usually in the first lesson, second lesson, they're going to damage you and see what you do with it. Because if you have a glass jaw, we can't train that out of you. Mm-hmm. If you just get tagged and you drop, nothing I can do. I got to find that out now. The problem is they don't tell you that. They just do it to you. Because if they mm-hmm. tell you, you're kind of pre-framed. You kind of have an expectation. So you have to understand when you go into a fighting gym, First thing they're going to do is they're going to test you, but it's not going to be, oh, what kind of shape are you in? It's what kind of heart do you have? Mm-hmm. Do you resonate with our process? Because if you don't, get out. It saves them time, but it saves you time. Mm-hmm. So them doing that to you gave you a favor, right? We had a, a student came to our school, uh, my instructor's school up north, and he was talking about he went to another martial arts school, took classes. His second class, he's in a trial program. His second class, they had him spar a black belt, broke his ribs. Hmm. like what is that supposed to develop right we make a distinction a client versus a member versus a student when you're a client you're in for what you want not what i want i can't i can't take you to my nth degree 24 years of experience in a system that's 1500 years old and i've devoted my life five to seven hours a day or i'm sorry five to seven days a week for like 22 of those 24 years who needs balance balance is for losers right i mean literally 15 years my first 15 years was seven days a week Mm-hmm. that's when I realized oh my life is out of balance because like I don't I don't know anybody anywhere because all I do is this oh I gotta fix that but but that trainer tagging you is like this is our process whack do you want to be here no I don't have a nice day it, it, it doesn't need to be that way but on the other side that's efficiency saved you time because you knew um, peace and then you found a place that you do enjoy and you and experiences you did enjoy. You found your place. doesn't make them right or wrong. It's just their energy doesn't match your energy. Make sense? Yeah, it actually does. I've yeah, never thought about it like that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's yeah. if I have someone who says, oh, I want to be a fighter. Okay, great. Come on out. Whack. And then see what they do with it. I mean, you just hit them really, really freaking hard and see what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we that we did the same, but not somebody that comes in. And for me, it's a hobby. It's always been a hobby, you know, releasing yeah. stress, gaining confidence, and and that does exactly the opposite. Your confidence, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that. Oh, exactly. And it's it's they're giving you a reality check, but that's for some people, all they have is a hammer. That's because they're just they're hard, and life has been hard to them. So you got to be harder than life. Mm-hmm. So that's somebody who's still somewhere between that red and that blue energy, that three and four. That three, you got to be harder than life. I'm going to break life. And it's like, you know, you're 40, 50 years old. You're still trying to go break life, dude. 
I think Mike Tyson was the one who said, if you see the world the same, at, or maybe it was Muhammad Ali, but if you see the world at 40, the same way did at 20, you wasted 20 years. Mm-hmm. Right? Not that what you saw at 20 was wrong, but if you see it the exact same and you haven't elevated, you're wasting your life, dude. And the only thing you have is life. You have, mm-hmm. you have so many years, so many weeks, so many months. When it's gone, it's gone. Did you use it or did you lose it? Mm. Deep. I like that. So... One of the things, because of course you mentioned, like you have, you have had the opportunity to coach thousands of kids. You have two kids yourself. What are some of the tips you could give dads out there to really connect with their children? First step is you have to realize your kids are their own people, mm-hmm. right? You have your rules, you have your blue, but they are a unique constellation of energy in time and space. And they're going to move, they're going to learn, they're going to respond, they're going to process in their own way. And so as a dad, your job is a couple of things. But the number one thing I would offer is you are there to be a guardian and a guide, right? Guardian because we've got to keep them safe from themselves, from the world, but teach them to be able to be safe. But our job is to be guardian. But then it's also our job is to be a guide. Help them to come and realize and see and experience your stuff instead of tell them what they should get. So I want my kids to experience like you go camping and you get up just as the sun is getting up and you're out in the wilderness. You hear the sounds of nature and the sun is coming up and the the air still has that little bit of fog down there. And you just kind of breathe in and you're like one of only, you know, a couple people alive in the area. There's no one else around. And just that feeling of being connected to nature, that's actually that level eight wholeness. We're part of life experience. I want that. I want my kids to have that experience. But if it's me and my head and my rules and we're going camping and you have to pack all this stuff and you have to shut up and you have to go to bed and you have to get up and you have to, that's all these have to's. I'm squeezing the magic out of that moment because I'm trying so hard in my blue to control because that's how I got to protect and keep everyone safe and guard them. Mm -hmm. Dude, (laughs) you just squeeze all the joy out. Chill. And that's that blue energy trying too hard. And it's just relax. It's cool. Guide them. Help set them up. Right? So instead of micromanaging and, hey, everybody go get all this stuff. Okay, guys, we're getting ready to leave. What do we need to bring with us? What What do we need to make sure is in the car? Okay, guys, we've got 10 minutes left. What do we need to be doing now? And you're opening the frame. You're helping them to become aware. And then you can guide them. Notice, hey, there's a pile of stuff over there on the stairs. Does that need to go with us? They can look and go, oh, yeah, it does. All right, great. Good eyeballs. High five. Let's go. And you're getting chances to reward them. So be a guardian and be a guide. And then let them be your teachers. Be open to them. You think you know what life is about. You think you have all the answers. You've got good questions. Your kids are going to give you answers. Let them open you to things because they're going to show you the coolest stuff. You're in your head. You're stressed. we got to go. We're late. And the kids are staring at the ground because there's ants eating gum. They're like, dude, this is the coolest thing. There's ants. There's gum. They don't care about schedules. They don't care about in the In the scope of our life, 80, 90, 100, in my case, 180 years, whatever the number, but the scope of your life, you got to that thing on time or a couple minutes early versus you shared that moment with your kids to notice life happening and them being curious and you fed energy into the gum and the ant they're eating. It's cool. Which one's going to pay bigger dividends? Because you could be stressed and get everybody in the car and let's go and then there's a car accident. You're going to be late anyway. And you just put all that pain into your kids because they were curious about nature and they got pain for being curious and observant versus I love that. That's really good. Okay. We only have a couple of seconds, but let's look at that for a second. Let's get close. Okay. Don't touch it because we don't want to hurt nature, right? Nature stays in nature. We don't take that home. But that looks really cool. High five. You got good eyes. You're really observant. You notice things. I'm really impressed by that. That is going to pay you much bigger dividends versus shut up, get in the car. Although sometimes shut up and get in the car is the right thing. Cause like, it's not always this magical and you got to be up here at this eight because we got to live in the real world. Right. It's, it's sometimes shut up and get in the car. We just, we just don't have the luxury of time. The plane is going to leave. Let's go. Exactly. So I got to ask you this question. Uh, my son goes to uh, karate class on awesome. Monday or Wednesday. Okay. And the oldest, both of them do, but the oldest one has like his, his suit, whatever you want to call it. Uniform. The uniform. There you go. Thank you. 
Ja, maar de karate met Adi Square Shorts. Ja. So I always ask him, so what's today, Monday? What does that mean? We have karate. What does that mean? No, I got to bring my backpack. Uh, I got to bring my suit. Okay, great. Uniform, sorry. Okay, great. So let's go. So we're walking. We're halfway school. And he goes, I forgot my uniform. Mm. All right. So, you know, I did what you said, right? Right. I make them aware and make them. Yep. And then he still forgets. Yeah. What? is then the response is there is should there be like a discipline should there be just an awareness how, how would you handle that so, so so he's five years old yeah 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 good five-year-olds have a very very short attention span right you've got like <laughs> like literally three to five minutes they're going to switch modes unless it's a video game because video game is constantly giving stimulation mm -hmm. so so you asked him you used your words to ask him about the bag Mm -hmm. Okay. And then where is it placed inside the house before you guys leave? Uh, right, right, you know, <laughs> right there to get rid of the jacket. Like it's like, so, so jacket, what, if, what if when you ask for it, say, hey, remember, you know, what do we got to do? We got to do these things. Okay, great. Where is your backpack? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's, it's such a place. Great. Go put it on your shoes. Because when he goes to put his shoes on, hey, there's a backpack. He's got to move it. He mm -hmm. may still forget, I got to take it with me, but it helps that, right? Part of it too is next to the door before you guys leave, you could have a chart for him to see and he can just touch everything as he goes down and says, okay, do I have my shoes on? Yes. Do I have my clothes on? Yes. Do I have my backpack? Oh, because what's happening is you're using words. That is one pathway into his brain. Having a chart gets into the second system, which is his eyes. Mm. And the third is he's touching the, touching the paper to what do I got to do today? That's kinesthetic. He's feeling it. And when he's asking himself questions, do I have my, do I have my, that's getting into thinking. So he's hitting all four methods of communication, visual, auditory, kinesthetic, and conceptual. He's getting all four pathways into his brain. Am I doing these things? Oh, and that's going to help him to start self-regulating, self-managing mm -hmm. instead of you having to micromanage because yeah, he's going to forget because he's five and literally out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. So unless it's go get your bag in the next two to three minutes from when you ask him about the bag, if you, in the morning, you say, Hey, we're going to do this thing. All right, cool. Yeah. Got it, dad. We're good. And then you come home from school. All right, we're going to do this thing. Yeah. Got it, dad. Let's grab a snack. All right, good. Let's go. Well, that was a half hour for the snack. It's he forgot. Mm -hmm. Right. And not, he forgot. Cause like, like you said, halfway to class, he remembers, I don't have my backpack. Oh, you remembered. It'd be helpful if you remember before we left the house. Because he didn't forget, because if he didn't forget, you guys would have gotten there and he still didn't have it and didn't realize it. So halfway he realized, hey, good job remembering. Because that's what he actually did is remembered. Just remembered mm -hmm. later than you would have liked. Make sense? That's a little bit of, of play on words or a little bit of linguistic stuff. But when you tell someone, don't forget, blah, 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 the unconscious mind doesn't hear negativity. It just hears forget. Mm -hmm. Right? If I say, don't think of an elephant, you have to create an elephant in your mind to then make it go away because the brain is creative in nature. So you have to create. And if I say, don't run, they have to create running. Then they have to negate it. Then they have to replace it with something else. That's three steps. And for a three-year-old or a five-year-old, it's too many. It's too, mm. too many. So instead of saying, don't run, I say what I want, which is walk. Mm -hmm. Make sense? So remember your backpack. Don't forget your backpack. Forget my backpack. Got it. Forgot it. Uh, don't forget your backpack. Uh, I did. I didn't. I forgot it. Remember your backpack. Remember my backpack. Yes, sir. Remember my backpack. Got it. Uh -huh. Because it's a different word, different, different energy in the brain, different reality. But then you create where it's, oh, but it was right on there. What, didn't you see it walk through? Oh, yeah, I saw it, but you told me not to forget it, so I forgot it. Oh, dang. So you put it on the shoes, he has to move it, but then you have the chart, he has to touch as he leaves. Oh, hey, there's your sequence. And you could just make a small little chart, it doesn't have to be this big, huge, you know, 18 by 46, whatever. It could just be, you know, like this big, but just big enough he can read it or he can just walk it out or you put little pictures mm -hmm. and he can touch and say, do I have my, do I have my, do I have my. And the other fun thing is because you do that with a five-year-old, guess what's happening with a three-year-old? He's seeing, or she, it's a she, right? No, they're both boys. Oh, both boys, okay. So he's, he's seeing it and he's modeling it because he's gonna see his older brother do it. He's gonna be like, oh, that's just what we do. So he's gonna learn by 
by just being in that environment. And so you train the one, the one already starts to train the second one, makes your life easier. Yeah, that we've noticed. Yeah, no, no, it does. It's absolutely yeah. amazing. I had my five-year-old this morning cut the nails with my three-year-old. Yeah. And I was blown away. Like, I went in back in the bathroom, and I was like, oh, yeah, I've been saying for three days now to my youngest one, I got to cut your nails. I don't like it because it scares me. I actually went live this morning saying, like, that's my biggest fear is cutting my boy's nails because I'm afraid I'm going to, you know, cut – got into their fingers which right. I when they were even younger yeah yeah so yeah. i came in i didn't have to do it anymore because he decided you know what well, i'm gonna do it i was like wow yeah 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 cutting his brother's nails awesome yeah and when you <laughs> cut them earlier was, when you cut their nails when they were younger did they die no 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 no, no they didn't of course not but yeah, still, did, you cut fingers, did you cut fingers off no they were just uncomfortable for a day yeah he Makes was sense. crying that that hurt me more yeah. than I guess. Yeah, yeah. Man, I, I know I, I know that, but it was still very awesome. And now that I know yeah. that, because with me, he, he, you know, he moved and stuff, but with mm -hmm. his, I saw him with his older bro brother and he was just like leaving the hand there, just chilling, letting him cut his nails. I was like, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that might partly be because the five-year-old is coming at it more relaxed than you are? Oh yeah, heck yeah. No, no, no. Because you're nervous, your body language, the three-year-old is now reading that body language. Oh, we're supposed to be nervous and scared. Okay, I'll be nervous and scared. Because mm -hmm. when they don't use a lot of language, they're doing a lot of modeling. And it's a lot of whatever dominant behaviors they perceive, that's what they're going to start exhibiting. That's why you see the parents who are like really, really quick to get angry and they yell at their kids about don't get angry. Then the kids yell back about being angry because the kids are modeling the behavior. The words aren't so important. It's the behavior that speaks more. And so it's, that's why guardian and guide allows you as a dad to start relaxing. Mm. Then your kids are going to start picking up on that relaxation, that confidence. But if you're in your head wigging out, then they're going to get in their head. They're going to wig out. Apples and trees. There's a reason that's a metaphor. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that. They had some problems here in, uh, in Spain with some parents uh, hitting their teachers because their teachers were punishing their children for hitting other kids. Oh, okay. And then they had to give a note because they make notes saying like, you know, they, she, she got the detention because of this, this, and this, because she was hitting the child. And then the father got so upset that they got punished that he decided that it would be okay to hit the teacher. Yeah. Which then was like, really, you're, because his kid never hit anybody because his kid doesn't do that. Right. Right, right. But see, that's the thing is once you start, I mean, I, I call it a kinesthetic adjustment and occasionally you may need to use a kinesthetic adjustment. There was a, there was a kid that grew up in Turkey that was living near us here in the U S and we were playing football, you know, American football and we were playing. And so we were playing tackle, we were playing touch. So you just touch the person. We're good. And so he would tackle me and then kick me in the junk. Ow. Yeah. After the third time of saying, stop doing that, I snapped. And this was back when I was, I was young and I literally snapped. I was going to kill him. And I don't mean that in, in the general kids being kids thing. I mean, I literally blanked out and I was going to destroy him. If I could have gotten my hands on him, I would have wrung his neck. Um, and I was just complete terror going after him. My brother and the kid next door, Jay, they pinned me to the ground and I mm. tossed both of them six feet off of me. And I went after him because I was in a total adrenaline dump and I were racing around the house and we're running around the car and I'm screaming because I'm going to kill him. And he thinks it's funny because he thinks I'm joking. Mm -hmm. As I run past the front of the house, I run into my mom's hand right here because she came across and went black and she broke me out of that state. And I just stopped and I turned and I looked at her and I just started bawling, went in the room, cried for like 20 minutes and slept for three hours. Mm -hmm. In that moment, that slap it broke my state because I was in a psychotic, I had, a, I was just going to, I was just going to destroy him. And it wasn't just not, there's no, there's no, excuse me, calm down, please. We need to give our hands to ourselves. You need to calm down. Hello, sir. Excuse me. I needed that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of kids, they don't need that type of kinesthetic adjustment because when I was a kid, if you hit me, I'm hitting you back. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were in an international school in Saudi Arabia, 4,000 kids. I was in kindergarten and first grade. I was getting in fights with third graders. Hmm. And I was like on a first name basis with the principal because I was being sent to the principal's office yeah. pretty much every week. We actually have the note. I was out playing pass where I wasn't supposed to. And the teacher sent some kid to get me. So I picked up a rock and I hit him in the head with it. Hmm. 
you know, hit me more is only going to drive me to get just more, dig into that more and fight back more. Because I don't, I don't, I didn't need that. It's very animalistic. But yeah, once you start hitting kids, it's like, well, if you're gonna hit my kid, I'm gonna hit you. What makes it okay for you to hit my kid? Well, but 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 yeah. one of my one of my martial art friends, um, they actually have a kid got a second degree black belt when he was in third grade. So he's about eight years old. Took a pencil and stabbed another kid in the eye. Oof. That's why he started martial arts. Because his parents had the intelligence to go wait a minute. A three, uh, an eight-year-old, a third grader stabbing somebody with a pencil, does that sound like someone who has a lot of confidence, who has a lot of resourcefulness, has a lot of creativity, or somebody who's operating out of fear? Mm. Because the only answer was stab somebody. Oh, my gosh. So they put him in martial arts. When he tested for his second-degree black belt, he was a, a teenager. But they had some stuff they did for him to showcase kind of how he's built his self-control. One of the things he did was he did hold an arm out, and they break a stick on his arm. They hold his leg out. They break a stick on his leg he can take massive amounts of pain now mm. because he learned to be stronger, more resourceful, more resilient and learned to just not let stuff get to him. They work with him specifically in that area mm -hmm. in addition to their regular curriculum. That's not normal thinking. That's why when you put people in martial arts, they can go and have amazing lives and get incredible results because they go against the grain and they go, hey, well, let's solve the problem, not complain about the problem, mm -hmm. not run away from the problem. Let's just dig into it and fix it. That's a great message. I'm glad you shared that about martial arts because a lot of people keep thinking that, you know, you, you have an aggressive kid, you put him in martial arts, he's going to only be more aggressive while it's totally the opposite. It's almost but, always a loving response or cry for help. And someone who's overly aggressive, they're screaming for help. I don't know what else to do except fight everyone all the time. Mm -hmm. You need more tools. First step, take a deep breath, relax, dude. We've got to get you out of your parasympathetic and into your sympathetic nervous system. You've got to calm down. Mm -hmm. gotta breathe it's just like you know guys dads don't ever tell your wife to calm down don't ever tell your children to calm down unless you want a bigger problem say hey 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 i know you're upset take a deep breath with me okay let's just take a deep breath ready good let's do one more deep breath ready okay now talk to me what's going on but just those two deep breaths and you do it with them we're now modeling and mirroring each other we're getting into a, into a similar state I'm able to start exerting influence and I can break that pattern of whatever they're thinking because they have to go inside their body and take a deep breath and relax. It's very, very helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I've noticed that with my older one. When he gets hurt or something or he fails and he's hurting, I, I first let him take a couple of deep breaths. Or he gets upset with his buddies, right? Yeah. Yeah, I let him take the first couple of deep breaths and then explain to me what's going on because if not, I can't understand what he's saying. <laughs> I mean, and I have to control myself now for not starting laughing. It might sound harsh, but you know, a kid that starts wanting to talk with you with all the emotion, the crying, <laughs> it's like, dude, I can't. Dude, really, I know you yeah. want to do something important. It's just, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't speak sobbing snot. Snapping yeah. sock bubbles don't help me. Just hold on a second. I need less snot bubbles. Then we can talk, yeah. right? So if you can, if you can, if you can deescalate them with humor and get them kind of to laugh at the situation, it starts to it starts to loosen the nervous system and it gets them back in the parasympathetic. Sympathetic mm -hmm. is your stress system. Think about sympathetic and stress. Parasympathetic is like oh, like paranormal. It's like extrasensory. So it's like mm -hmm. digestion, sleep, relaxation. It's getting that parasympathetic system. Traditional martial arts start with meditation. Why? Activate parasympathetic. Learn to calm down, not have a stress response. Mm -hmm. Adrenaline, noradrenaline, cortisol, having those dump into your system only makes life harder. Mm -hmm. So take a deep breath, dude. First thing. Hold it. Okay, let it out. Okay, good. Now let's talk. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. So, man, time is flying, and I want to ask – Tons of questions still, but I'm going to ask you this one as the last question. Um, what have you seen that, that are some of the biggest challenges for, for dadpreneurs in life? The, the biggest challenge for the dadpreneurs I've worked with and that I see is um, there is a concept. Alison Armstrong does a whole bunch of stuff on masculine development, masculine feminine you know, interaction. And, she has what she calls the stages of masculinity. It's like how men develop. And we start down here as pages and knight wannabes. Look how big I am. Look how strong I am. Look how brave I am. Then we become knights. And look how you know, I'm going to go have the adventure and have the fun. 
And then we become princes. And it's like, I want to build a kingdom. Where do I plant my flag? And then let me build my kingdom. And some guys will build the kingdom and then go find the princess who becomes queen. Some guys will get the princess and then build the kingdom. And the challenge there is that when you're kingdom building, we as men, as masculine, as providers, it's a 10 to 12 year process. And we have this internal compulsion. We have to work. We have to take care of the family. We have to build the kingdom. We have to build the castle. We gotta do this thing. Problem is if we have kids, because we're off fighting the battles and doing the things and out in the, in the thing, doing the thing to make the kingdom. But our, we have a wife and kids who miss us and love us and want us there. We're getting pressure from the woman or the feminine in our life saying, hey, you need to be more present. You're missing it. They're only gonna be young for so long. So we have this battle because of, well, I gotta do this thing, but I, I'm not here. And then we're beating ourselves up there. We're trying to make it here. And by the time we get this built, everything is settled. They're in high school, they're graduating, they're moving on. She's empty nesting and rediscovering herself. And we're going, what just happened? I just spent all this time. I did this for you guys and I want to connect and where are you? So what we've got to do is we've got to leverage technology. Again, you got one of these things. It has a calendar in it. It has notes in it. You need to look at your time, your schedule, color code, six areas. What are you doing for your body physically? What are you doing to keep yourself in good shape? Because if you're, if you're just getting fat and slow, you're going to start thinking differently. You're going to show up differently and your endurance is just not going to be there. So you've got to take time to work out. What are you doing to grow your mind? What are you doing to grow your emotions? You know, your heart and just, just expanding your sense of the world around you versus closing off. Masculine wants to just close off and work and get it done and just crush it. I killed it. I brought it home. It's yours to deal with. Leave me alone. I don't want to do anything. Okay, guys, take a deep breath. Take 10 minutes, go in the cave, come back out, now be in home mode and be with your family. But what are you doing for your emotion? What are you doing for your spirit, your sense of the universe, the sense of grandeur, the sense of higher purpose in life? What are you doing for your relationships? Intimate relationships, so your wife or your girlfriend? What are you doing with your kids? What are you doing for your friends? What are you doing for your business contacts? So intimate, personal, professional, what's going on there? And then what are you doing with your money? Where are you earning money? What money generating activities? Marketing, sales, creating, all that. Color code. So pick six colors, basically. But look at your calendar, color coded, pull it back every week and look at it and go, where's my colors? Are they balanced? Is anything missing? And some weeks are going to be heavier in one way than another, and that's okay. But look at over the course of the year, be deliberate in scheduling time for the people and the things that matter to you most. If you just start your day, you start your week, you chunk out and say, these are the priorities. I'm gonna get up at this time, I'm gonna get a little bit less sleep, but I'm gonna get up here and do this for me, and do this for my wife, and do this for my kids, and do this for my business. Life gets a whole lot easier. And you don't lose yourself to that 10 years, 12 years, come back, they're moving on without you. You didn't make the impact you wanted, now you're kicking yourself. And, and you really feel like, man, I kind of wasted my life. And then you have all these regrets. Mm -hmm. And if, if, if you know, the saying that, that fits so perfectly is prevention weighs ounces, regret weighs tons. Mm -hmm. So if you take the time, and I know it's a pain in the butt, and I know you have so much other stuff you want to get done, but if you take a little bit of time to chunk out and block out and measure and quantify and look at, that little bit there, as you live your life, you don't have those huge regrets later and go, man, I wish I had been this for my kids, this for my wife, as you're getting divorced as someone else is raising your kids because you're not present. Mm -hmm. And it really is a choice of where you put your time and where you put your energy. And then it's a discipline and it's an accountability. But that's like the biggest problem is the dad is being pulled because he wants to be present and he wants to be available, but he's got to build the thing. And so the dadpreneur is like in these two places where, well, I have scheduled freedom. I can control my time. But I got to build a business. An opportunity is, and there's only so many chances. That's a lie. There, there, there is um, a whole bunch of once in a lifetime opportunities. They have like ten times a day. There are seven point five billion people. You can find some people to make money with. It doesn't have to be this particular group, mm -hmm. right? Grant Cardone's very, very famous for saying, "One thing is not any one thing is not going to kill the sale." So you know, this person may move forward. This person may not. But am I going to? There's a business guy I know, and you can hire him for the week, and he's like $5,000 a day, very upfront about his fees. If you hire him on a Friday and you make him have to miss being home on the weekend, it's $50,000 a day. Mm -hmm. And he will do it if you pay the money. He will come out on a weekend and do stuff, but he's like, look, my family and my kids, they're what I'm doing all of this for. 
So Monday through Friday, I will work like a beast. I will do all these things and I will do all these things. But when it comes to the weekend, that's family. And if you want it, you're going to pay hard. And if you make me come and I don't leave on the, when I'm supposed to, the traffic and the weather and the whatever, I don't care. None of that's my business. You make me not be home with my family. You're going to pay me 50 grand. And that's written into his contracts. It's written in his stuff. I, I, I respect that integrity and that certainty. This is what matters to me because mm-hmm. 20, 30 years from now, this business may or may not, whatever, whatever. I'm sorry, this business may or may not, whatever, but these kids are still going to be in my life. This wife is still going to be in my life. That's the game right there, dude. Love it. Thanks. It was a, another great answer to, uh, to, uh, to end this live interview. Um, the last thing, uh, Jeremy, because as I said, I got tons of questions. I'm sure that other dads that have been watching this or either live now or on the recording later on. Um, how can they stay in contact with you? How can they follow you? How can they maybe ask you some extra questions that are on their mind? Yeah, yeah. The best place to get a hold of me is actually on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Jeremy R, the letter, dot Kung Fu Guy. Jeremy R dot the Kung Fu Guy. That is literally the best place. I'm, I'm trying to do some stuff over on Instagram, and it's kind of cool and whatever, but, like, it's a lot of extra steps. And my YouTube isn't as active as it used to be. I may be changing that here soon. I have a meeting on Friday to, to explore that. But, yeah, I do, I do a uh, 10, 10, usually 10.30 Eastern Standard Time in the morning. I do a Facebook Live. We talk about stuff. You can drop in there, watch, leave me comments, questions. You can direct message me. But Facebook, that's about the best place to get a hold of me. I also have um, theparentingprogram.com, and we're going through some revamps there and doing some things, but that's also a good place to get me. And then you can go to Amazon and your best child ever. Is this game worth winning? The only parenting book with a money-back guarantee right there on the cover. So Amazon, it's like, I don't know what it is because they do specials and stuff. It's priced at 25, but sometimes it's 17, and sometimes it's 10, and I don't, I just work here. And there's a UK version of it too um, as well. So if that's closer for shipping and stuff, go get that one. Absolutely, absolutely. So I appreciate you sharing that. That was one of my other questions was to talk a little bit about your book, but you know, time flies when you're having fun, so they say, and uh, we've spent over an hour. Jeremy, again, thank you so much for being on. I truly enjoyed it. I took tons of notes. And time to implement that right away when it's uh, for me time to uh, almost put my kids into bed. Yeah, yeah, it's nighttime for you. It's like middle of the day for me. It's kind of fun. Yeah, and, and if you want to schedule, we could do another one of these in a couple of months. I'm always available to run my mouth. I mean, to share with some experience. <laughs> I appreciate it, Jeremy. Thank you very much. Everybody else, thank you for watching and spending your time with us. I hope you learned as much as I have. And um, you will have all the links to get in contact with Jeremy if you have any other questions. So enjoy that. And we will be live again next week because I am taking a week nice and calm instead of doing seven lives in a week. <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's fun. Um, yeah, but as you said, it's all about balance and focusing. And this week is all about extra focus on the kids. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take that. I mean, they're only going to be three and five literally a year. Mm-hmm. And you only have 18 to put the most influence into them before they're their own people and they're impacting the world. So yeah. I don't think dads or moms ever have to apologize for making their kids a priority. Just be open about it, be honest about it, and say, look, I want to do this for you and, not but, and my kids factor in as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then there's people that will work with you. They'll respect that integrity and say, you know what, I'm, I'm on board with that. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, sir. It's been great. You had some good questions, and I look forward to see, seeing what you got next going on. I've been stocking your uh, your rebroadcasts and your Facebook lives also. So, awesome. Sounds great. We'll be in contact. Everybody else, take care. Bye bye. See ya. Are you still meeting up with your friends now that you're a father? Kids making you stress out. You got no time for yourself to work out, read, or relax. Can you still remember the time you were hanging out with your friends, feeling energetic, happy and confident, spending time together and talking about your life and your crazy dreams? You're feeling alone now, don't you? No one to share your challenges with and you're just running around from one storm into the next. 
or it's time to change this now. Join me and the Brotherhood of Fearless Fathers to speak on a weekly basis with like-minded dads to crush your challenges, face your fears with determination, be held accountable and regain control of your life. If you want to become the hero your family needs you to be, then go to becomeafearlessfather.com/brotherhood. Looking forward to seeing you on one of our next calls.